You're listening to the Say Chill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. Say Chill is a social impact organization that helps people see who they're made to be so they can do what they're made to do. All right, Chip. Hey. Hey, man. Steven. How you doing? I'm uh, doing great. Another doing, podcast. Another podcast. That's right. Dude, Where are we? We're at your house today. We, okay. We're, so we're still, still at your house. house. Okay. Yeah. Hey, back, you know, these, back. these podcasts are highly unplanned. <laughs> Do you agree? You mean unscripted? Unscripted. Yes, they're yeah. planned. Yes, we planned them, but they, they are truly unscripted. Yes, they are well, unscripted. Well, you know, they, we, we have a definite direction. I like to call them authentic. Okay. Like we're just two guys talking. Just two guys talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Full crap. Yeah, two guys just happened to be in our garage and think somebody would listen. Somebody might listen. Let's put a mic on this. <laughs> oh. What kind of mood are you in? I'm in a pretty good mood today. It's just pretty good. Pretty good. What, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, this is how unscripted. I got some fear. I'm carrying a lot of fear around today. Let's talk about fear. Oh, that's Let, well, hey, let's do. Let's great. talk about fear. <laughs> great segue. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Actually, we we plan to talk about fear. Well, I was going to talk about anger, but fear is a good one. Let's talk about. I thought fear. you said fear. Well, let's do. I, I'm, well, you know, fear leads to anger. Let's start with that. Let's talk about how fear is made to take us to anger. Let's start with that. Part. Okay. Topic: Fear is given to us to set us up to take us to anger. All right? Okay. 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 Now, first, How? well, exactly. That's a great question. <laughs> all right. First of all, okay, let me let me give you like about four or five steps. Number one, fear is a feeling that allows us to cry out for help. Fear is a feeling that allows us to recognize some some danger. Okay. One essential danger of living everyday life is hope. The moment we hope for something, we're wishing for something we do not have. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, right? I'm picturing something, wishing for something, hungering for something I don't yet have. So Reaching for something. Yes, I can envision it being in my hands, but it's off somewhere else. I've got to get up and go there, okay? So yeah, it's not yet materialized. Yeah, yet. So, so fear, even in its most essential form, is a daily life experience that has that is directly connected to a subsequent to hope. Okay, so if you're hoping, you've got fear, whether you even recognize it or not. Breathing, you have fear. Yeah, yes. (laughs) And if you're breathing, you're hoping. You can't Mm -hmm. help it. It's cellular. So, so the moment uh, I have fear, it means that that I'm in need of assistance or help. If you really automatically fear, you cry out for in danger. Okay, so fear is a preparatory feeling. It's made to uh, allow us to ask for help. And it has some some sort of uh, systems in it. Like, number one, for example, fear allows us to anticipate consequences. Okay, if I go this way, this may happen. If I go right. that way, that may happen. It, it allows us to practice for results. Okay, I need to get A, B, and C done before I go do this. I need to know how to uh, uh, load a gun and shoot it before I go to war. I need to know how to make a move and in basketball before I go out on the court. You know, I've got to learn the game. I need to learn how to diaper skill. a baby before I have one. <laughs> well, yeah, some of those OJT for sure, right? <laughs> kind of like, so, but yeah, somebody needs to show me how to do it the first time. Yeah. And so fear allows us to be in need of getting help, right? You didn't practice diapering baby dolls before your boys were born? No, I didn't. Oh, I, did. <laughs> I was very dependent upon Sonia knowing how to show me everything. Poor, poor lady, but. Uh, uh, I was so afraid. Yeah. Oh gosh! I yes, so I was. So, I was so scared of even having 
a child I just because I pictured failure mm-hmm. and, and experienced it, mm-hmm. too. <laughs> to stay with this. Okay, yeah. so con- uh, anticipate consequences, prepare for results, to practice, to get prepared. Mm-hmm. Ask so, for help. Yeah, so fear gets us ready. And what is it that takes us into uh, the experience? Anger. What, it's anger because mm-hmm. anger is a desire for change, uh, hungering for something. So it's really like, it's to take like risk. anger, fear, anger. Like I want something. I desire. Oh no! I need, I need to get to ready. Get I, I need help. Yeah, and okay. fear prepares me yeah. to go in ready. So fear prepares us for the challenge, but anger takes us to it. And a lot of people stay in the fear. Yes, as a way of avoiding the yes. anger on the backside. Yes, Stephen, I remember when I was in high school. I ran the, it was called the 440, then now it's called the 400, before we did you everything Knock off 40 yards? No, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's about the same thing. <clears throat> but um, I remember for the longest time, I ran that race in fear. Uh, because at the 300, 330 mark, there's what's called like, it's like, an, like a, a monkey jumps on your back of weight. <laughs> And become oxygen deprived, and so when those That's guys last are turn. rounding that last one hundred one ten, yeah. it, it's the, the oxygen deprivation. So the head is it's back. It's like something's jumped, carrying a weight, you barely can make it to the finish line. Of course, these guys are so the real ones are so incredible. They don't look like they're experiencing, but they yeah. are. And it's the last uh, uh, long. It's the first long distance run in the last sprint. So it's, it's kind of an in between deal. Yeah. But I remember I would ran it just because it would hurt. So I would run it kind of holding back so I'd make sure I had enough to finish. So I ran afraid I wouldn't finish well. And I can remember the day that I, I, I kind of like, I want to like win. I want to run hard, fast, kind of like to heck with what it's going to be at 300. And one that I didn't care but I cared about something else more, right? So I remember the first time I ran with anger, so to speak, because I had prepared. Okay, look, I'm prepared. I've run, you know, hundreds of, uh, you know, preparatory 300s, hundreds of 880s to do the, the 440. I remember one day did uh, it was signed to do three, you know, tw- 10 300s just for the track day and then did 20 because I wanted really, so I was ready. But I, I wasn't ready enough to sort of throw caution it's a false statement, really, but throw caution to the wind is mm-hmm. a cliche we use. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to not care about the results. What mattered was just to run itself, you know? Yeah. Just go. And so uh, anger is, is a beautiful experience because, because in, our, in our true anger, going and going towards and going for something matters more than the results necessarily or more than appearances or more than survival, you know? And I'm not talking about life and death. I'm talking about, you know, of course, I'm talking about life and death, too. But full heart participation. Yeah, just... Showing up in... Yeah, look, I wrote the novel, Anthem to the Invisible. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm talking about it. <laughs> and to this day, I have only received, you know, about three or four people saying, and one guy who I love this guy. I mean, I loved him before. He's read it three times. He just, it he just it said, takes that many. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's it's a very rich book. It is rich. Dense. It is. It is philosophical. Tell, some might say philosophical, allegorical, and I, I I I love it. I think it's one of the best things I've done. And I've, I've there are many many uh, now not you know not enough people to be involved. You know, there are some naysayers. So here here's here is what I you're going to cut in on this. I'm okay. going to cut in on this. <laughs> is that 
we have this long history of you doing something or saying something. And then some long time later, I come back to you and say, Chip, mm-hmm. that thing you said 10 years ago, yeah. like that was genius. And it, then you rage at me for not listening. Yes. <laughs> and so I wonder if Anthem the Invisible is going to be that. I wonder. I, I, well, yes. I, yes like I'll read it at some point I, down it, the road. It may be 20 years from now. Now, I hope that and believe that. I would love for it to be known now. But, uh, but it has... Uh, probably more meaning than it does entertainment. So what does that have to do with fear or anger? Well, the thing is, when I wrote the book, hungry for the book, I couldn't stop what I was doing. I, I remember I had eye surgery, and I just and my head had to be down. <laughs> right. So, and I was still writing with my with a pen. Yeah, you know, not a computer. So I just wrote for the solid week. You know, the bulk of it was done in in, in that week. But the story it was done probably, under a medicated stupor. After I wasn't medicated. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would make it. Like, that would oh, make sense. Yeah, that would make it. Oh, he was on some kind of a, a mood altered state. No, no, no. But, no. Was, but I had great hopes for it. I I was prepared for it. I wrote a great story to wrap around a great meaning, and it hasn't been received well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I still believe somebody needs to champion it. Yeah. Actually, it can't be me. But what I'm what I'm saying is I was scared to put it out there, very hopeful to put it out there, willing to put it out there. What was the fear? Well, that it, it wouldn't be what I hoped. It wouldn't be received. It wouldn't have the same meaning to others. People wouldn't be as curious about it as I was. I really pictured it being like really for the millennialist, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I I, I thought that it would be a book they would get and say, this this guy gets this. This is about us. And it would be a sort of a motivation for them to keep daring to do to do great things and to dare greatly and to not copy the great industrial uh, complex or not just simply, you know, be a tool of uh, uh, the corporate world and just all kinds of things mm-hmm. that we nobody wants to be a part of, really. But it, it would it would be motivation for them to carve their own paths. But so anyway, the point is, uh, I, I I was afraid that it would have the results it did, but I was angry enough to put it out there. Okay, and it's out there, and it's just simply out there. Yeah. So what do I do with that? Am I embarrassed? Am I foolish? Uh, <clears throat> could it have been better? I'm not embarrassed. I'm not foolish. I guess it could have been better, but it is what it is, and I'm not changing a bit about it. Mm-hmm. It's done. So you, you follow what I'm saying? So, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I was willing to, to, to fail to go. So, you know, fear prepares us. It may not be received, but would I rather do it than it be received? Well, I'd rather do it. So a willingness to be afraid can lead us to places where we have results mm-hmm. that could or could not be successful. And it doesn't take away the fear. Like doing the no. thing, not doing it or doing it yeah. doesn't take away the fear. Yeah. Fear is a tool to prepare us for whatever matters to us, yeah. whether we go or not. But see, fear gets us ready. Now, we may not pull the trigger, so to speak, but fear gets us ready. It's essential to be able to face life on life's terms because there's a lot of stuff that we need to get prepared for before we go do. Yeah, Life's not magic. It's a lot of hard work. Ugh. Right? Yeah. Now, the thing is, people who are afraid to face their need and afraid to face... Uh, uh, situations in which they they're they're in danger. If they think that to, to deny the experience, this person's always going to be on some level anxious, which is a preparation for something terrible happening, or they're going to be uh, treating everything like it's a danger and be completely defensive. 
But people who deny their fear and what it's for will be in denial or they'll be anxious. Okay. Right? Go with that. So talk about let's talk about anxiety then, right? Because we have this this emotional experience called fear. It's, t- it's waking us up, telling us yeah. something. Our heart says yes. We want something. Immediately we become afraid. Yes. We, we say yes to something. We become afraid of it or afraid of what's going to take. Which is emotional. Which is emotional. Which right? means I'm in need of help. Right. Right. Okay. And I and I need to prepare. I need yes. to get ready. I need to ask for help. I need to learn something. I need to wait. I need to something. I need something. Yes. In my fear. I think a lot of us, a lot of times, instead of sitting in that and listening and facing what we're really afraid of, it turns into anxiety, which is an attempt to solve the fear as opposed to move towards the thing I was wanting. Yes. Anxiety pushes me to attempt to get control of something I need to process the fear of. Right. So what I'm thinking about is like, I want to go do this thing. I'm afraid. I need need to get my ducks in a row, Mm -hmm. so to say. And it's never not going to be scary to go do it, right? Yes. But a lot of lot of times, a lot of us will sit in our anxiety trying to solve all the points of fear before we move out. Yes. Right? So there's this kind of balancing act, right? There's yes. wisdom we so, have to learn. Yes. Yeah, so anxiety is like an attempt to get control of everything. Right. So I won't have to be afraid. And so there's no way to not be afraid. So something cannot happen that's unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. And anxiety is the is the... Uh, imagination of all the negative outcomes that could possibly happen, and and but it's not foolishness. No, because anxiety is based on experience. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's foolish. I'm saying it's no, not no. Productive. I know you're not. But people, a lot of people think that anxiety is a badness. No, anxiety is a a physiological response to reality, to my past. Yes, and it's biological. Mm-hmm. It's 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 it allows us to look for tigers. And here, a broken stick is something about to jump us from behind. I mean, you know, yeah, and vigilance, but it's a it's yeah. it's jungle or threat uh, physiology, right? And our problem is that because most of us don't live near tigers, exactly, yeah. and and we're not in the dark with sticks breaking, but we have uh, the same anxiety reaction to uh, not being accepted, uh, potential humiliation, being rejected, looking foolish. Uh, attempting something and that not succeeding and us not knowing how to grieve. Also, anxiety is also a a, a a statement of my extreme difficulty to ask for help. Right. And extreme difficulty to join with others to help me. Do you know? Yeah. Anxiety is 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 one a lot about uh, having done my life alone. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm anxious because I have to do life without getting help. Not facing fear, right? And secondly, anxiety is also a fear of one's own voice. A lot of people get an- anxious because they're afraid to have their own voice. Uh, anxiety, in a lot of ways, what is are they afraid, afraid of? of my anger, afraid of my desire, afraid of opening my desire to. Well, that's when we really get hurt. Yeah, to, to hurt or ridicule. Yeah, rejection. Yeah, so fear turns into anxiety, n- not facing fear, which turns into being controlling. Mm-hmm. I have to have control of my environment. And most of my environment is made out of people. Mm-hmm. So anxiety is about my need to control people, to push them away, to seduce them in, to manage people. It's a way of solving my fear. Yeah, and when I can't get people managed, rage is the result. Right. So rage is what most of us have called anger during most of our lives, when actually rage is a reaction to not being able to tolerate fear. And not being able to tolerate not controlling people. Exactly. 
Yeah. Because so, people respond when you get rageful. Like people will people often react. They react. React, yeah, they react. To, the, to their periods of nobody listening to their fear and nobody yeah. caring for them. So, whew, yeah, it becomes a, a, a big system. I better do right because this crazy person's escalating. Yes. And if I don't do what they, what I perceive that I think yes. they need me to do, it's yes. going to get worse. And you know what? Uh, rage is a tiger. Rage is a, a stick yeah. uh, snapping, snapping in the, in the woods yeah. and something's coming up on my back. So a person who reacts to rage with, I hate to say this, with rage or with shrinking in terror is being very realistic until right. that that person gets back into their heart or into themselves. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's, rage is such a lack of courage. It's, I'll use one of your words. It's astounding to me the things. Oh, is that a word? I, that's one of your, okay. you oh, yeah, that yeah. yeah. Um, it is about the, the little things I rage about that, are clearly not about what I'm raging about. No, it can't traffic. Can't. Oh yeah. my! I can. I can have it out even, with some traffic. Yeah, even lost keys. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, lost keys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, um, in, in our house, uh, Heather historically has been the one that knows where everything is. Right. So I'll go look in the refrigerator or a drawer or a closet or something for something, and I can't find it. And I'll ask her to come look, and if she can't. If she opens the drawer or the refrigerator and she doesn't see it, it's like God doesn't see life. Like it is, I get so rageful and pouty and demanding and start blaming the kids and pointing fingers and <laughs> I mean, could, like, where is my thing that you yeah. said? You know? Yeah. And yes, I'm, my fear is about none of that. Not about not finding my pocket knife, right? Right. It, it's, I don't know what it's about, but it's, it's deep and it's historic and yeah. it's powerful. Think, think about too if when we misplace our phones now, right? Okay, so rage is so often about a terrified terror of losing place or connection. Yeah, and me winding up being tiny and the world being overwhelming. Right. Okay, so we lose our phones now. It ends up being I'm a, alone. A, no a one rageful experience. We go, yeah. we go crazy because without our phones, we're going to get in trouble. Some emergency is going to occur and we won't know about it. Somebody's going to try to get in touch with me. We used to live without phones. And we lived every day without them. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? I do remember, yeah. And most of the people who are listening. You go out and can, do something and then, you know. Yeah. I, I remember not having answering machines, right? Like, Wow. Right? I don't remember that. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the old one. Do you remember having uh, beepers? Uh, yeah, I remember having. A, I remember getting my first beeper yeah. at my first job, and thinking I was the shiz. Like I had yeah. a thing, and, oh, and then they would mess with me. They would they would send me uh, alerts that I'd have to go answer and call back. You know, and pay phones. Well, no, I was yeah. so I was I was working full time and going to school full time. Okay, so you go to a, and so I'd have to walk out of class and go to the head of the English department, and ask to use her phone. Okay, you know, and then they would say, "We're just testing you. We're just we're just." <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, uh, but I remember just jumping. That thing would buzz, and I would jump uh-huh. like at alert. Like, what am I supposed to do? What and am yet, I supposed to and do? And yet, there were times when it, you know, it, it would have been really great to say, like, when I was a little kid, I remember I was spending nights with somebody, yeah, guy's house, and and like third, fourth grade. I remember hearing a siren, and I'm wondering uh, something happened to my mama. Oh. You know that kind of thing. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I remember asking uh, my friend's mom. I said, "Can I can I call my oh. house? I want to call and see if my mother was okay." You know, so I I called and found out she was okay. I was back good again. Yeah. So, so I mean, this this tool is actually uh, we use it to 
legitimately to stay connected. Right. But our problem is we want it to be a pill to make us not afraid. Yeah. You follow? I do follow. So, I mean, there's no way, remember Samuel Beckett, you're on earth and there is no No, cure for that. No cure for that, yeah. So we're not going to be able to get rid of fear, sadness, hurt, loneliness. And they're, they're tools we've been given to be able to live fully in a tragic place. But it is so helpful. Us. It is so helpful. The phone cannot fix us. You're right. Yeah. It is so helpful, though, when we're anxious or we're raging to stop and ask ourselves, what am I really afraid of? And to give ourselves permission to answer the question yes. and not judge the question, yeah. right? Like, I'm afraid yeah. that if I don't have my phone, then I'm going to be alone and I can't help you, and you're going to be mad at me, and I mean, and I, like whatever. And the I will thing not is. have been there. I will not have shown yeah. up, and you will hate me for it. Or somebody's going to be dead. And if mm-hmm. you'd been there, you could have stopped it, which you really couldn't have, probably. Right. And it, it it's yeah, yeah. And 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 anxiety that's not about tigers is honestly and truly about a helplessness we never could overcome. It's about our childhood. It's about our childhood. Yeah. It's one, of, about, one of the things I say mm-hmm. is when the when the events of your present day are bigger than the actual thing, when the feelings mm-hmm. are bigger than the actual event, yeah. that's about where you came when from. When my reaction to an event is bigger than the event, I've gone home yeah. to where I came from. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, as, a, and as children, there's a lot of things that we were legitimately afraid mm-hmm. of. You know, and yeah. a lot of us didn't have someone to go to in our fear and just be afraid. We had to solve a problem yeah, for sure. them. I'm telling you, Stephen, all, I would say so So many of the mistakes and tragic mistakes I've made parenting, okay, mm-hmm. are directly connected to me wanting to prevent my sons from ever experiencing that thing. That, that, whatever that thing I, Whatever is, that yeah. thing happens to be. Uh, let's just say mocked by a coach. So to 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 get them to the point that they will never be mocked by a coach, I want them to be unemotional and so tough and be not make mistakes. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. So I'll drill them and oh, I'll God. tell them how not to feel and everything I'm against. Yeah. Right. I will give them everything I'm against so they won't have to re-experience really and truly what I didn't grieve completely, haven't finished myself. Well, right? so, yeah, it, we'll stop in just That's a second. That's what we mean by going home. So many of us aren't aware of the marching orders we assumed as children, and we carry those into our life, right? Like mm-hmm. we assumed responsibility for some adult in our life, or yeah. their happiness or their well-being or their calmness or yeah. uh, their stability. And then we carry that into our grown-up world, into our marriages, into our parenting, into our work relationships, and our friendships. That somehow it's my job to blank, yeah, right? My job to make sure people are happy. My job to not be seen. My job to be the hero. My yeah. job to take the blame, whatever that role is. Yeah. And to not be in our role is anxiety producing, right? To not have, we can't find the person to fix, the yeah. person to save, or the and, person. And that role had rules around it about, yeah. about not feeling, right? You, always. It's always about not feel. feeling, yeah. you know? And we can tell, you know, the sickness of a home is based on the, the, la, the fewer amount of feeling that can take place, the sicker the home, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, the one feeling that can never not take place, from my experience, is fear. It's either going to come out as anxiety or rage in a sick family. Yes. Like it's someone's going to be feeling afraid yeah. at some point. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I think recognizing in our grown-up world, giving ourselves permission to be afraid of what we're really afraid of, uh-huh. even if it's old childhood things, it 
it evaporates the anxiety. It's, it's like a magic trick. And, 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 and at least, if nothing else, we know we're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. the great helplessness. Yeah, now. And, and so then the solution becomes the grief. Well, yeah, grieving so much of, of what, what was we wished had not been. Yeah. You know, yeah. what was, what actually happened, and in the heart of who we are, uh, we, we we wish it hadn't been, and that that means grief. Yeah, and you know, so we're we're born, believe it or not, we're born with a this is an oxymoron, a dark picture. We're born with an an, an invisible imagined experience. We're we're literally born with readiness to find exactly who we've never seen. We're born we're born with with a a picture of a desire to be with these caregivers who are going to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. are going to you know, raise needs. us yeah. and bring us to creation and creativity, things we, we, we can't think. Right. But we're cellularly born for those things and so much of... To attach. Help, yes. Yeah, to and wish. so you just created the contrast between how we're born and the rules and roles that happen an ordinary parent. that separate us from who we're made to be. Yeah. You know, so. A good kid knows, like a good enough kid to awake in their world knows, I can go to mom for this and I can go to dad for this. Yeah. Right. Like they're already reading. And that's yeah. a good skill. That's a yeah. good skill to learn. But, and for survival. Uh, yeah. For survival. Okay, Chip. Well, thanks, man. Hey, Steve. Thank you. I'm glad uh-huh. we're doing this. Me too. Hey, Happy New Year again. Happy New Year. See you later. Thanks for listening to this HL podcast. Want to take a second to let you know about something coming up that we're starting called Sage Hill Leadership Lab, which is an opportunity for leaders, men or women who are leading in a professional context, whether entrepreneurs or doctors or nurse leaders or managers or church leaders or principals to come meet four times a year to be in a process of learning to lead more fully from the heart. To find out more about that, you can go to sagehillconsulting.com.